people will okay, start Okay, yeah, there are levels. The boys, the boys meet at the Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> it's late afternoon. <laughs> we call this afternoon delight, right? Or you're recording now, aren't you? Okay. You always do that, don't you? <laughs> you love doing that. Afternoon delights. Two blokes talking tech. Now it's time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading episode 308. And uh, thanks, Stephen, for that little intro that I'll put before the music. That's um, really, really useful. We are uh, Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au, uh, Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. We're at the Four Seasons Hotel because where wouldn't you meet but a lovely hotel in the Absolutely. city? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you, you knew exactly where to come here, Trevor. So I'm wondering how many people you've actually met at the Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> I, I came in the back door as well. Yeah. <laughs> you did come the back way. That's right. But, uh, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely uh, surroundings here. Very nice. Hotel. And what's our alibi or, or reasoning if someone comes up and says, "Excuse me, sir, what the hell are you doing here?" We'll just say we're we're, we're using your your uh, lovely facilities I'll to just say, mate. I'm in room. I'm in room one three seven two two one eight seven. I'll yeah. say. I mean, how are they going to know? You know why they always said two one eight seven? That's your postcode. That's that's the uh, a number that that's always used in Star Wars a fair bit. Two one eight seven. Star Wars fans will know what I'm talking about. Okay, everyone, wake up again. <laughs> we're back. Two blokes talking tech. I thought we'd start with something a little bit left of field. It's not a massive story, but I was impressed. And i, I got to be honest, I wrote this story this morning and I rang Ruslan Kogan and I said, mate, can you just confirm for me that this isn't a G up? Because I don't want to look like an idiot on national TV. I don't care about my website, but, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot here. Is this for real? And, and he confirmed it. So Kogan have released pre-orders um, for a 75-inch TV. So it's the biggest TV they've ever brought in, 4K TV. For $2,000, $1,999. Now, first thing I did was go, oh, well, it feels amazing. And at the time, I'd been setting up that Today Show segment I did this morning. So I, I had a Hisense 75 there, which is eight grand at, uh, at JB Hi-Fi. So I thought, well, that's their Series 9. That's premium. So let me go a bit lower. I'm thinking, is two grand actually amazing? Because it sounds it, right? So I went to JB Hi-Fi website and searched for 75-inch TVs. There's like six of them. And they start at five and a half. So, mate, he could have priced this thing at three and a half and it still would have been a steal. It's ridiculous, don't you think? It is. Well, well the, fa- the fact that it's pre-order again, so yeah. he can gauge... And they the haven't market. announced what the actual pricing will be if they have Afterwards, leftovers yeah. after the pre-order. And, and uh, you've got to remember, too, it's not going to be delivered till late August. So if you want this tomorrow, you're going to have to wait. Um, and the caveat that we mentioned a few weeks ago, it'll only be Sydney and Melbourne people. You won't yeah, be able to get this in Adelaide or anywhere. So you have to, yeah. Well, if you do, yeah, that, that's another, another wrinkle, but... Uh, I like the fact, too, that he quickly pointed out it's got a Samsung 120 hertz panel in it, which is actually good if you want to watch a lot of sport and action films on it, so it's a decent refresh rate. Um, And I think the discussion around TVs, people obviously looking for value. And you look look from the the big brands and what it costs to make a TV bigger. So jumping from a – I notice in all the other pricing, you jump from a 55-inch to a Mm. 65-inch, that's a – Probably a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred around that. But when you go from sixty-five to seventy-five, 
that's a massive jump. Yeah. Like they, I think other other companies have seventy seven inch TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're talking like a, a five to eight thousand dollar jump. Yeah. So for for this to come out at under two thousand yeah, yeah. dollars. I too sort of did a double take and thinking, wow, well, what's the catch here? Yeah. And yeah, but I think we, we should point out, and, and and this has been pointed out to me. I think a couple of readers have looked at the the fine print. I don't think this is a smart TV. It's an LED TV. I don't think they use the word smart in the and, TV. And with the greatest respect to the people at Kogan, I don't consider any Kogan a smart TV. I go into it's all... It's to make it a smart TV, but isn't it? That's my point. I, I say that about Aldi TVs, Kogan TVs. Even if they've got a Netflix app on them, I, I'd still get a Chromecast Ultra or a Fetch TV yeah, and plug it in, right? Plug a Blu-ray player in it that's got that's got smarts in it. And you know what, these things, we've talked about this before, if you've got a 4K Blu-ray player with 4K Blu-rays and you plug it into a 4K, even cheap TV like this, you see, at that point you don't need image upscaling. So it's it's just delivering the pixel to pixel, right? So that's actually going to be a beautiful TV. But to watch 1080 or even 720 or, God forbid, SD content, it's going to struggle with upscaling because, and, and this is the weird thing, I didn't really, like my, my experience, because I went to Korea with LG, my experience wasn't overwhelming with LG to, to, to learn anything specific about their stuff but what I realised was we went to the LG Display Factory now LG Display is a completely separate company yeah. they don't even they don't even share the same board of directors they're separately listed on the stock exchange yeah. so what I reckon has happened here is Ruslan, Ruslan's gone to you know the Samsung Display Company and gone you know what's your what's your use rate not yield rate, rate use rate of the glass and they've so what happens is and this is the other thing I learned that they have these bits of glass that are 2 meters by 2.5 meters and they make it make it you know all the pixels and stuff and then they cut it into the sizes that are required and so if you're making 77 inch TVs or you know 330 32s is there a big 77 75 left over and he's probably taking that surplus right but let's be clear, he doesn't have the image processing capabilities of a Sony, a Samsung, uh, an LG, even a Hisense, and that's what you're going to be letting yourself down on. But, oh, mate, like in the man cave, hello. Yeah, exactly. Even if you want to, like, this could be a TV for your, for your man cave or it could even be your main TV. You've got to remember that you pay, you pay with those other brands and... and yeah, you pay. You pay. You get what you pay for. I, I think no, in, ev- in everything, in everything, TVs included, you're paying for their R and D. You're paying for like Samsung, LG, all these big companies, Sony, their research and development that's made the quality and, the, and all that possible mm. is wor- is wor- where the money's at. That's well, what you're paying for. And Ruslan said to me, they're bringing a lot in. Like it's not yeah. like he's bought 500 of them. Yeah. It feels like they brought a lot in, right? Or they're getting a lot in. So. I'm not even sure the pre-orders will sell out. Well, I should look now, but um, you know, it's the pre-order at two grand. Their phone, when they do pre-orders, comes out at the same price anyway. So I think what they're going to do is just measure the interest. And if it's overwhelming, they'll probably keep it. They'll probably keep it at two grand in the uh, post pre-order. You said he he mentioned there's a lot. What's a lot? I don't know. No, I don't know that. But I would I would say. I had a guess. I don't think he'd be able to bring in less than five thousand, would he? Yeah, I, th- I reckon you're probably looking at. I reckon it'd be around that, maybe ten thousand. That'd yeah. be a decent amount. But you, you think about pre-orders. He's got to commit to to get that price. Yeah, he's got to get a lot of customers 100%. over the line. Yeah, but but also he might be using surplus. He might be using whatever. But also yeah. he's got a month of pre-sales here, cash in the bank that he can now pay the supplier. So he can pay for them before they come into the country. That's part of the business plan. Did, did you, you mentioned, though, that, that we, we should mention that the pro, this, this really puts pressure on the bigger brands. Mate, it, also... It's put the blowtorch on... on like, you, you look at... You were, you were saying earlier, like, one of our, our sponsors, Hisense, their 75-inch TV is $8,000. Yeah. So it's, it's listed so, at nine nine nine. Yeah. Um, it's selling at JB for seven nine nine eight. Now, let me be clear. I saw that for the first time outside of the, the launch we saw in Melbourne just yesterday... And it's enormous for a start, but it's also the brightest TV on the market. So it's 2,200 nits. 
slightly higher than Samsung's 2000, right? Yes. So they've now got the that's brightest the new LED. Yeah. That's right. So so that's an advantage that Kogan won't have. He won't have that level of brightness. So these are the trade-offs. Now, is that trade-off $6,000 worth? I don't know, mate. But how many times do you we get asked? Look, people always ask that they they kind of want to justify the purchase. They think, well, what do you think of Kogan? I I even get this with Hisense. Oh, Hisense, I get people saying to me, "What's the catch with with Hisense?" And yeah. I said, "Look, there's no catch. They're a bloody good well, TV." So that, that's and, the point. And that's the answer the with Hisense is there is no catch. Yeah. I believe, but with yeah. Kogan, there is a catch. Okay, it's yeah. probably not going to have the smarts. It's probably yeah. not going to have the brightness. Not get everything. Will it be great with sport? I don't know. You need to be careful. Yeah. That. And the trigger here too. Let's be honest. There's probably I can't think of anyone that's going to have the time or space to put. Kogan next to Samsung next to Hisense at 75 inches, mate. So it's 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 unlikely that we'll not go eyes on with it, but but sit it side by side with something, which is probably the real test. And so Hisense, uh, you have the Series 9 in market now, brightest nits ever, and then LG today uh, announced the W Series, the wallpaper, that super thin yeah. thing that sticks on the wall with a soundbar connected, um, is coming out at 77 inches for 39. Thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Now, they're not going to sell so thousands saw, of those. You see that in Korea? Uh, no, I saw it today. Okay. We had it in the studio. My invitation was lost in the mail to Korea. That was okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yep. I know. I know someone who will be listening. He'll he'll get a laugh at that. He will. He'll get a eh, awkward laugh. <laughs> yeah. Probably an awkward laugh. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but <laughs> so, sorry, you don't have a wallpaper TV at home. Got it. Yeah. Got already, have you oh, seen okay. it? No, I just want to check that you no, got one. No, no, no. I have, mate. If no. anyone's going to get it, it'll be you before me, mate. Come on. So, so uh, when they set this thing up this morning, because we've seen the 65 on the, you know, on the display yeah. stand. And I've, yet, I've had the 65, the, the G7 I've yeah, had at home. Anyway, yeah, so, the wallpaper. so you put the wallpaper up, and, mate, I had that experience this morning just showing people, you know, and it's just mind-blowing people's That's reaction amazing. to it. Mm-hmm. Now, to be clear, the, the 65 launched at 15 grand. It's now listed at 13.9, and it's selling for 12, about 11.8. So there's already, you know, a $3,000 saving on launch, maybe maybe more. Um, I can't imagine if, if you and I won Lotto and went to Hart, Jerry Harvey and said, mate, I'll have one of those things. I reckon you could say I'll give you 35 cash. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't imagine there's not well, a big, big margin. RRP's, like, I think I reviewed the G7 a couple of weeks ago. That, that RRP is 9,099, mm. and I've seen it for 7, 8, 78, 95. Yeah. In, and this, yeah, this yeah. goes to that pressure thing, right? We, talk, we talked last week about how Samsung have brought their prices down already. Le- legitimately, their RRPs, not just their install prices. So, yeah. mate, pressure is big. Pressure is big right well, now on TVs. Like, I think Samsung got out early. Remember, they released all their stuff in April, yeah. and then suddenly you got Sony in the market, LG. Sony hasn't even brought out their, their, their yeah. OLED. Their OLED's coming out in, in August, yep. but um, you, you've got all this other competition. Panasonic's got an OLED now that I saw, I reviewed as well. So, I'm write that so, up. you know, I, being at LG's factory, I had I asked those questions like, yeah. can I just be clear here, you're the only people in the world making OLED panels, aren't you? And they go, yes. Did they say Because yeah. I asked Panasonic that question. They said, oh, we can't talk about that. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so, in other words, bottom yes. line, if it's more than 30 inches, so I'm sure there's some tablets and, you know, yeah, computers yeah, and things that someone else is making, but if it's a TV... Yeah. And confirmed, Sony, Panasonic, and LG TVs are are LG display Display. factory panels, right? Now, here's why I know that, because I'm I'm walking through this kind of innovation lab, I guess you'd call it, at the factory, and they're showing me, you know, some of the... You have to wear the same outfit as the HCC tool? No, it wasn't wasn't that deep into the factory. So you have to wear a hairnet and a special jacket? We didn't get that deep into the factory. You stole the jacket this time? No, no, I didn't steal anything. (laughs) Um, We're in this kind of place. I've seen a lot of the the commercial stuff, the curves on the walls and things like this, but then there was this um, uh, this sound demo, right? And he's showing me these little speakers and telling me they're behind the screen. I'm just going to stop you there. I've... 
this technology is in the market. It's I'm talking. I'm talking in, in, in rhymes, right? Yeah. This technology is in the market. And he goes, yes, yes, yes. That it sounds is. coming from the screen. That's right. And I said, okay, but that's we're, we're, that's not LG. And he goes, no, that's. Yeah, I said that's Sony. Now, here's, and I, there was. I've got no official quote, no on the record here. But yeah. here's how I deconstruct what happened. You know, the LG display people are innovators of their own. They've created the, the panel and they've created this way of doing sound. And they've offered it to, you know, other companies, including LG Electronics. To them is another, com- another company. And I reckon what happens during the year is these companies go, what are we taking to CES next year? And they've already decided they're going to take the wallpaper. You take the wallpaper and the sound thing, how do you, how do you make one of them the standout? And so they, they declined the offer to have that, you know, sound feature. And so Sony took it up, and that's what Sony's taken to market. So this was last year. This yeah. was this year's CES. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so I think that's how it works. So and, what's and you know, next then? Did they give you, know you a what? bit of a glimpse of what's coming uh, up? Or I think I think we're going to see more of the. And they, you know what was weird? They did say this is a, a pilot model, and I went, "You sure I can take a photo of that?" Okay, anyway. So, so what, what have you just imagine taken a photo of a square screen, though. Eh? No, no, screen? no, on the side. So imagine uh, the soundbar yeah. at the bottom, yeah. and the screen just coming out of it. You know the G7, like the G7 right? G7, yeah. But it's there's no bulk at the bottom of it at all. There's not not even five centimeters of bulk behind the screen. It's just the screen coming up, right? Yeah. So I think that what we're going to go, we're going to get more wallpaper style. Yeah, right. We're going to get more of that kind of, sort of showing off the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the you're going to have you're going to have screens that can hang from the roof, you know, like just dangling there, and you know, like different different colors backings yeah, right. and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, LG's all in on OLED, and for good reason, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. bloody outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And I don't care about saying this because you know, it's not again. It's not a quote, but yeah. when when I set up a show like the Today Show thing, there's four four different companies there, right? And they're all there at the same time setting up yeah. their TVs. They all go and look at the wallpaper. Awesome. They all think it's impressive. Yeah. They all know it's a bloody great TV, and you can't well, beat OLED. Yeah, you got if you got an advantage in the market, you take advantage of it. Just the last thing I'll say yeah, about TVs because they're on my mind. But you know, you go to you go to Harvey Norman's website, and I find it intriguing and this may be all to do with the way the money changes hands in these situations but you go to search for a tv like you and i often search for tv specifically of a type you know looking for a 75 inch or whatever mm-hmm. they've got led lcd and qled as, as styles qled is just an, yeah, yeah. qled is just an lcd screen led screen yeah. It's not. Because it's not a type. Samsung, I know, Samsung. but isn't that just crazy that it should just be well, L- LED, LCD, and OLED sell TVs, mate? Oh, no, they're not, just, there's no uh, rhyme goes, or reason. They it, want to sell TVs, but it just goes to how hard it is for average consumers to try and understand yeah, that QLED is just LED with a really great extra feature, the quantum mm-hmm. dot. Whereas OLED is a completely different thing. I like. I like how the in store. If you do go to a Harvey Norman or JB, each company now has their own little area, area and I think they don't they, remember the old days when they used to have the same content on every TV yeah. you walk in there's just a wall of TVs with the same stuff on it yeah. now there's all little pockets of, of like the Sony TVs at its own little stand mm-hmm. LG Samsung I think that that's probably I think a better play for the customer so that they're not seeing they're seeing something unique with each of these you think that's better oh, I do because having there's so many factors at play with with the everything having the same stuff running on every screen because mm. you don't know how each screen's been set up the, the ones closer to the source get a better signal and there's all these little things happening mm. depending on how the the, comp, the the store wants to sell them they're all the old tricks of the trade they used to use but yeah. i'm uh, i'm sure that's all above board but you know yeah oh but mate it's also about the money changes hands i mean they're so paying they, to have that floor space they, these they, days let's be let's be frank here companies like harvey's and jb 
they'd be looking at the margins they're getting on different brands, and if they're getting a massive margin on a Samsung TV over an LG, they're going to push the Samsung, aren't they? Yeah, like, and, mate, and, mate, there's, that's a, that's there's, still, that, mate, there's still kickbacks. The, the retail store stuff yeah. still get spivs, yeah. which are kickbacks for every yeah. sale. There's still, mate, the, these companies make more money out of catalogs than they, than they do sell stuff. They actually charge the company. It's a whole other world out there, that, that, which is why I'm not saying people should make the decision before they go in, but you really do need to read multiple sources. Homework. You need to ask as Listen many people. To the two blokes. That's probably it. Look, if you just recommendations, and there was a, remember a bloke complimented us on Twitter about how good um, uh, Billions is. Yes. And I said to him, I said, mate, you know, we don't just give good product recommendations, we also give TV recommendations. So, like, people ask us, how many times do you get asked, what's a good TV? I want to buy a 55 inch and spend this much. So, do your homework, EFTM, Tech Guide. We were the ones who are writing about this all the time, so we're at the forefront of this. Two blokes talking TVs. Uh, we love reviews. Uh, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag. If you've got a view on the ultra cheap Kogan $2,000 TV, would you buy one? Oh, that's what I want to know. Would you buy one? Is it is go big or go home that big a deal that $2,000 Kogan TV is going to get your money? Uh, let us know what you think. And a big shout out to uh, Rob who uh, sent us a Facebook message saying, which I've got to be honest, I loved. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. He said, hi, guys, I do love learning about tech, but geez. And by the way, on my phone, that's all that came up. <laughs> hi, guys, <laughs> I, do love, I do love learning about tech, but geez. And I went, yeah, oh, no, what's God. he thinking here? And then I, then I read the rest. It says, you guys take it to another level. I'd listen to you two galahs talking about anything. You make the podcast informative but better than that. Fun. Keep it up. Great show. Thanks. Rob, Rob, good on you, mate. On you, You're Rob. a legend. Should we, we won't take exception to being called galahs, but that's okay. I love it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I'm good with Galar. Fair enough. Yeah, You're not? It's in fun. You're yeah. offended by that? No, not at all. Rob, I think he's offended by it. No. <laughs> Good on you, Rob. We need more listeners like you, mate. And uh, feel free to go to iTunes to leave that review also, Rob. No pressure, but um, that's, where the, or that's where the reviews actually help. Uh, two blokes talking to Well, I know you're not a Game of Thrones fan, Trevor, so you were I was delighted that it went blissfully down. unaware. I don't think you were even in the country anyway, but it was... Pretty sure a, I still break the story. It was, a, it was a big, big deal to see the uh, Foxtel Now, which was the, the new streaming service and was absolutely hammering the fact that they've got Game of Thrones coming up and using it as their, their real jewel in the crown to sell the new service. But come game time... It was uh, a little case of stage fright. A bit of a forfeit for game time. It was, uh, it was uh, a bit of a disaster. The, the, the sheer amount of people... Couldn't get it up? Trying to, uh, trying to get it up properly on the night... There was a bit of stage fright, Trevor. And what are you laughing for? You've had a bit of experience in this area, have you? It's, um, it was disastrous, to say the least. It was... Here's, here's a show that we've spoken about in the past that was... We has been quoted as the most pirated, illegally downloaded show, mainly by Australians, because yeah. we never had a fair, cheap, affordable yeah. way of accessing the yeah. show. Oh, and Foxtel you, comes you, along. You described yeah. it brilliantly yesterday on, on Smithy's show, saying that you know five years ago it was a hundred dollars to get access to Game of Thrones. Then, then it be, and, and it was also delayed. Then, yeah. then it then it became real time. Then they brought the price down, but it was still sixty. And now, finally, an affordable, accessible product. And it failed on, on failed at game time. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, that was, uh, I think, a massive fail on their part. And I'm, I'm not talking about the frustration on the night. I'm thinking, after all this time, and when they said, right, here you can you can watch it. What is it? Fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, that's how you can get Game of Thrones so with 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 a couple it. of week trial, as you mentioned, yeah. to get two weeks yeah, of it. Exactly. Free. That, that's that was part of the problem. We should sort of point out what happened there. The the system that identifies each customer and signs up each customer 
couldn't cope with the late rush of, of subscribers. I think the subscription, the subscribers were trying to get on the cheap, get it on the sign up on the Monday or Sunday, get 14 day free trial, which would cover episode one, two, and three because it's over over the two week period. That was the problem. They were saying there was like 70,000 processes in a few hours when this system can only handle about 5,000 processes. And what happened is that the system couldn't identify the customer. So to say, say Stephen Fennec signed in, it couldn't say, well, okay, I know who you are, but I don't know what you've signed up for, so I can't show you anything. People were saying, why can't I just watch the other channels? Well, that's why. I think early on in the debacle, they did throw off a little bit to say, well, yeah, there were issues in the US through Latin America, US through the HBO server, and they tried to deflect a little bit of the blame. But then they, late in the afternoon, they came good with their explanation to to explain that identity system that, that failed them on that particular time. And they, they said that they knew we were prepared for this, but they in no way could, could expect the rush and the amount of people who were going to sign up for it. And I think what happened here was they were prepared for the number of streams they wanted to push out, right? So they, they, they knew they were ready to push out, let's say, a million streams. Mm. But the, the chink in the armour that someone stuffed up, let's be honest, someone stuffed up at Foxtel was... And I've, people have said to me, well, why does Netflix never fail? And this is a good point. Netflix doesn't fail, and they do have a lot of streams. But, but they've Netflix from the States, haven't they? They're true, true, true. But the difference is Netflix is pretty much um, you, you pay, you get it. Right, but there's a, there's another and Stan, you pay, you get it. The only difference is how many devices and things like that. But with Foxtel, it's you pay. Then there's a, then there's an intermediate computer that says, does he have access to this channel? Yes or no, and then let him through. So there's because this gatekeeper. So there's packages. a gatekeeper, yeah. and the gatekeeper fails, and that's where Foxtel let themselves down. They let the gatekeeper fall down. Now, I made the point probably prematurely early on, um, not to continue the Prem- pun, but um, I made the point stage that this Friday, this yeah. just proves that um, I think it's a different stage program, really, isn't it? Um, very, very different. Um, <laughs> I made the train of thought. Yeah, I made the point that broadcast TV doesn't have this problem, right? You know, two two point five million people, four million people can watch the State of Origin. Doesn't matter whether ten million people turn in tune in or ten, it works. But the internet still has a problem with scaling, and whether it's the stream or the intermediate box, it still has a problem with scaling, and that's the big th- hurdle we've got to overcome. But the other point is, mate, compared broadcast compared to streaming, but broadcast been around for what, how long? 60, 70 years. Yeah. Streaming's still a very, very new technology, totally. isn't it? But do you know what? They also had record ratings. So, so all of this, unfortunately, detracted from the fact that they had more people watching on broadcast, Foxtel yeah. broadcast, which than I, they did I last watched, year. By the way, so we watched it, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was probably a success overall because from a marketing perspective, they've, they've, they've gained audience overall. And look, do you know what? As much as the haters, and you, I had them when I wrote my article, you've had them as well, as much as they just want to hate on it, do you know what? Once it all settles down and they start mucking around and playing with it, like, yeah. I still, I'm going to, you know, on the way home, I'm going to ring Foxtel and cancel my box, but every time I ring, they're closed because I get to it in the <laughs> evening. Um, I watched the Formula One on in the bedroom on the Chromecast and just went, this looks great. I don't know what yeah. I'm worried about. This is just awesome. So I think actually in three or four weeks from now, once Foxtel's had put it all behind yeah, them, I think I think they'll probably retain a lot of Absolutely. people from Game of Thrones. I, I agree. And, and I just want to just make a little point about, and I, I did cop a bit of flack on Twitter. You copping flack? Don't yeah. know who you are. Well, well they, they were sort of, I wrote, I had, how's this right? I had my Foxtel Now review ready to go the day Game of Thrones was going to air. And... I was about to post that, 
and actually lead my podcast with that. When a bunch of brown stuff hit the fan. When all the stuff hit the fan, all the, you know, what hit the fan, and I'm thinking, God, I I had to totally change my planning for my podcast and then had to totally re-approach the review. So I thought, how am I going to do this? So I thought, well, I'm going to re-top the review to say, would you still would is it worth getting after all this drama so i outlined what happened with the with the problems and linked it back to all the other stories i'd written and then just proceeded to go through the review like what what is what's it available is it worth getting the movie pack is it worth keeping your box or doing this and blah 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 so i was getting all these flax saying oh you're you you know how much do they pay you for this and that and and it and i thought as all my reviews are it was very fair and balanced i, I pointed out the the downfalls and the, and is it worth getting it if you've got a box and if you depending on what you want to watch and how much it's going to and cost. in the end there's a bunch of narcs on the internet yeah, right yeah, and and let's idiots get on the on twitter and they 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 accuse you of being on the take you know yeah, well like, good news narcs i don't get depressed i get angry and i fight yeah, back you I, idiots i do too but i, I thought let, you know you, you got an opinion and i let and i respect your opinion you know at least have the the decency to yeah. respect mine and look i, I I, we don't need to go into this in great detail, but let's be very clear here, folks. If, you have, if you're new to the podcast, we've got some very loyal listeners who would know this back, back to front, but there ain't no one that tells us what to say. I don't care how much. We've got some great sponsors, Netgear, Hisense. I've got, I've got LG on Vodafone on the radio show. Well, I've got uh, Garmin and, and Alcatel. We've got, we've got we, a lot of companies we deal with financially, you know, because we run a business. Not one of them, and this is the great thing about every one of those companies, not one of them would ever ring, let alone has ever rung, to say, mate, can you drop off on that? Yeah. You know well, what? Yeah, don't talk about another brand. Yeah. Never, ever Never, has that ever. happened. And do you know what? If I like looking at it right now, there's we just talked about Kogan TVs for 15 minutes, yeah. and this show is sponsored by Hisense. Hisense yeah, do you reckon Andre's yeah. going to ring up? No, mate. He doesn't care because he knows that all we're doing is what we're paid to do, which is create this content. So you know what? If, you, if, if that's your opinion of us, stop listening. There's a little button. It's called stop and then unsubscribe. Absolutely. Two blokes talking tech. Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. No matter what other press releases say, this was the first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now, get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear, every angle covered. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. Well, last week we had Nest, and this week we have Google Home coming to Australia. Now, Google Home's not as old as Nest, but, you know, 12 months ago, maybe not quite, 10 months ago when they announced the Pixel, they announced the Google Home, yep. the Google Wi-Fi, and we haven't seen Wi-Fi or Home at all. Now, finally, we have availability, pricing, and Australian standards. So now, one yeah. of the things about this, I think a lot of people whinge and moan, they oh, I bought one in America, good on you. But the worst thing about that is you've got crappy plugs, right? You've got to have an adapter. Yeah, yeah, when I took this out of the box, I went, I like having the Aussie plug. I like having an Australian support phone because that's the way it should be for the 
general consumer. Um, and when you when you go through the setup, Australia is an option. So Google Home, let's talk about Home first. Google Home is a you know smart assistant. It, it, it's going to run head to head with uh, Amazon uh, Echo in the states, um, with uh, Google, uh, Am- Apple's HomePod it's when it comes home. out. Yep. Essentially, it's a little speaker that sits and you can talk to it and say, okay, Google, tell me the weather. What's my day look like? Play me some John Farnham. You know, <laughs> those kind of things. <clears throat> and, and did it say, oh, God, not again? Did it say that to you? <laughs> uh, you know what? I haven't set it up yet, I'll be honest. Okay, okay. No, well, I haven't. I've set mine up. I plugged, yeah. I plugged <laughs> it in. I did the Wi-Fi, not the home. So well, I, I sent mine because I'm a fan of uh, <clears throat> Cut Copy, who I saw in concert last night, yep. by the way. Very good concert. Was, a lot uh, of Instagrams. Empire, Empire I've never seen you Instagram so much in my yeah, life. Yeah, you have. In, and uh, when I'm at South Games, I do that as much as that. Uh, I tune out. What was I talking about? Yeah, the music. Uh, and I said, uh, I'm a fan of Empire of the Sun too. And I said, I'll play me some Empire of the Sun. And it said, yeah, here's a cool playlist we've got from YouTube. Because you get a six-month subscription to YouTube, YouTube Red. Red. So uh, that was pretty cool. It played it like it took took a few seconds to work it out. Then yep. boom, started playing. And the idea here is that you can have six people in the house, all with Google accounts, and, and the rec- voice recognition allows you to show you know your calendar events for different people. Um, look, I'm not yet convinced that we we want or need uh, personal assistance at home, but that's because I've not really warmed to either Siri or Google at any point yet. Um, but I do like voice control, so I like t- telling Siri to turn lights on and off in my home. Yeah, so cool. my, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna put I've got a second one. I'm gonna put it in the kids' playroom so that they can control the lights and you know Harry's got a light in his room that he can control so I want him to be a Use it and say, yeah. I also want to see how it works with a five-year-old because so, most of them don't really work. Can I asked, did you go to the Google, did you go to the launch or did you? No, start? I was in Korea. Of course, you were. You were away. So I went to the launch and they had a home in Alexandria set up. So the scenario with the Google. Thanks home. for noticing I wasn't there, by the way. No, no, I thought you might have gone to a later session, but oh, I, then, no, I, right. then now I've just remembered you were overseas. But anyway, um, you've really tried to block that from your memory. I have, yeah, yeah. I'm still, still getting over that. That's okay. I was <laughs> the launch uh, was in the house, and if we started in the kitchen. So I liked how they they showed you the different scenarios. And and it did a very good job in in showing how useful it is. So so the guy said, okay, I'm in the kitchen now. I want to cook. I'm following a recipe, and it's in American. It's not in Imperial Measurements. Uh, Hey, Google, what is a quart in milliliters? And it gave him that. And he goes, oh, look, I've just run out of this stuff for this recipe. So Google, hey, Google, put salt on my shopping list. And he goes, oh, what time do I need to be there? Hey, Google, what's the traffic like? So in that little scenario, he showed how useful it can be. Like your hands could be all full of flour and you're cooking and you're not, you're not able to get your phone and do all that. So it was a really good example of how this can be integrated into your life. And the point uh, being, you don't need your phone. Because, yes, no, you could, talk, right. you could ask your phone that, but your phone could right. be in the other room. Yeah, yeah, I was asked that question. Actually, Chris Smith on 2GB asked me that. He said, well, can't you do this on your phone? I said, well, you can, but your phone could be charging another room. This can be just in the central part of your house where you just ask it out of, out of, out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, then, the, then there was a, a, a bedroom area. Then there was a, like a games room area. And it was in each part of the house... It, it, it illustrated the use for it. Like in the, in the bedroom, the woman was um, saying, oh, look, I've got to pack for a trip to Japan and, uh, you know, what's the weather going to be like in Japan and how do I say hello in Japanese and all this sort of gear where uh, you, you it, it really, when you see the examples and the possibilities, people are thinking, eh, what am I going to use that for? Yeah. But when you see it in use like that and when you read our reviews, of course, you'll be un- understand how this could really be a helpful product. And I think really what you need to think about is all the times that you use your phone or a computer for information. Those are the times when a Google Home could come in handy. So then the other product, so it's $199. Yeah, um, which is not, not a bad price, right. really. Yeah. Um, the other product is Google Wi-Fi. Now, it's a mesh system mesh, like yeah. uh, Orbi and Orbi VLOP. VLOP. Now, yeah. I'm just going to... VLOP? I say VLOP just to make it sound good. What, VLOP doesn't sound as good as VLOP? Nah, sounds, VLOP. sounds dodgy. Do you know why it's called VLOP? 
No idea. Because it envelops the whole house. Oh, what a load of crap. Envelop, yeah, that's, so, that's what I heard. So, uh, again, I, because you, you, you don't think I listen regularly, I listened to you with Smithy and you mentioned, to your credit, because I mentioned it in my article, that, you know, the Google Wi-Fi is essentially the same concept as Orbi and VLOP. Millions of other bloody reviews here didn't even mention them, thinking it's some friggin' revelation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, let's be clear, it's the same. Yeah, but... Um, from what I can tell, it doesn't have the same throughput, so the speeds are not yeah. going to be as high. But my my counter to that is, if you've only got 100 meg coming into your house, you, it's going to do the 100 meg around the house. It's okay. If you, if you want some sort of gigabit speed throughout the house, then, yeah, you, you need an Orbi kind of thing. But I set mine up this morning. It was a breeze to set up, so not as easy as Orbi because Orbi comes out of the box and they are paired already, whereas this you have to teach each one to know each other. VLOP I found very difficult, so this was the second easiest to set up. I've used three of them in the home as opposed to two Orbeez, um, and it's given me pretty much identical coverage. Um, speed, speeds are good, um, and the app is excellent, really good app that's really user-friendly, including things like um, you can you can prioritise traffic to a device. So I've gone my PC for everyone else. Um, you can also set downtime, so the internet's not available for a certain time period, so give everyone device-free time. So there's some nice things in the app, I think, that are going to go very well. But that is, how much is that, Three ninety nine. one nine nine for the single, yeah. $4.99 for the triple. $4.99. Now, yeah. the triple? there's, there's oh, been a bit, the yeah, there's been a bit of concern from some people online about the Australia tax on that. I'm just going to say, good luck, whatever. What do you want to do? Yeah, I, know, I know it's not sort of not They've quite. got to make new plugs. Yeah, but it's it's not quite comparing it. I know Orbi's probably a better system in terms of speed. No, and I'm just talking about Orbi. Uh, sorry, Google in, Google yeah, in the US. No, no, but but four nine nine is actually cheaper than Orbi. Oh, much cheaper. And, and yeah. Velop, but I think you, what you're getting with Google Wi-Fi is is not quite as strong or faster version as Orbi and Velop. Is no, that fair to say? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're still getting that nice uh, home wide coverage. But it's not quite. It's kind of you're you're in a Holden, not a Ferrari, in in that in terms of speed. But people being seeing it from Google, you know, obviously it's a brand that they well known brand, and they're thinking, okay, well, it's 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 affordable, it's accessible, and they're going to give it a crack. So, but that's not to say that the this system, as we mentioned earlier, it's nothing. They haven't invented the the wheel here. No. They've just created a different version of already what's already out there. You know what Google does do well though. Like out of the box, it's bloody beautiful. Like it's Apple esque. I mean, the packaging's beautiful. It's just very nice. The system, the actual units are tiny. It's a very good system. I'll give them that. Very, very good Absolutely system. Right. All right, two blokes talking tech. We'll have our full reviews on that in the weeks ahead. Well, Samsung have uh, finally released their tablets. We we what, saw the MWC these back in uh, February. Yeah, so we we uh, we saw the. We got the Galaxy Book, which is the the uh, Windows version. It's available in 10.6 and 12-inch Replacement size. for the Galaxy Tab Pro S, which was the Windows computer they had last year, which I loved, by the way. Yeah, and, and <coughs> is is built on it nicely, I think, with, mm. with I think, the 12, the two sizes for a start, but the 12 has the Windows 10 Pro. It's got uh, two USB-C ports. Also comes, I think, if you, if you pre-order before, if you order before September 12, you get a multi-port adapter and a, and a pencil that works on both the book and the Tab S3. The Tab S3, interestingly, is only available in 9.7 inches. There's no 8-inch version this time. I've had a lot of people asking, is there a smaller version like mm-hmm. the Tab S2? Not, not so this time. But you, you. But they're all 4, 4G as well. 4G, you can get a 4G or 4G a Wi-Fi cable, version. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and that's a that's a good thing because often they come out and they're half-assed. But they they also have um, the design, of, especially the Tab S3, really has that design language of the the Galaxy S8. You know, the the, the metal and glass merge design mm-hmm. is really 
clearly present. You see that with the Tab S3. You look at that. And think, Tab wow, S3 feels so thin, thin and light, and you can write on the screen. They've got the. I don't think you get a, you get a pen with the uh, the Galaxy Book and the keyboard. Tab. tab S3. You can you need to buy that extra or get the Stadler pencil. Is that how you say it? Stadler, I say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which is confusing as hell. I really don't understand that partnership at all. It's, it's, Stadler make very, pens very, and pencils, right? Good, They're just basically brand. lending their brand to create a, a, an S Pen, which looks like a normal pencil. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's no, I don't think there's any, you know, engineering knowledge yeah. coming from Stadler. But in, in terms of the, the design and the specs, they're, they're all pretty impressive. The the the, the Galaxy the, the Galaxy Book, I think, has got the 10-inch the versions have got a, a, an i, I think, an M3 processor. The 12.9, 12-inch version with the Windows Pro has a, an i5 processor. Mm. And I think with the, uh, with the Tab S3, it's obviously running the latest version of Android as well. You can write on the screen. Lots of accessories as well, covers cases uh, but no it's only the one colour too the Tab S3 is only in black no white uh, and no smaller model as we mentioned and they're available I think pricing for the Tab S3 949 yeah which yeah. is which is a bit more expensive than I thought I've got to be honest yeah. I was a bit not yeah, disappointed bit, but I just I just would have liked them to be more aggressive more up against Apple than I expected yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, I didn't this, expect it to be 499 but no, of course I just think even 899 yeah. would have looked better yeah well this is obviously going up against the, the 10 inch iPad Pro. But see, that's the thing, right? Pro. Again, right, you can buy an iPad now for 469 right? I bought one before end of financial year. So, so, you know what? I don't have any new iPads at all, other than the, the pros that I've yeah. got on review. Yeah. And I've got twos and ones, but I don't own a current yeah. you know, iteration iPad. And sooner or later, I'm going to have to replace those old ones. Um, so I bought, you know, 469 You know, you get a, a brand new iPad. Yeah. Now, the iPad Pro at 999-ish is a pencil compatible it's the advanced unit it's bloody powerful this thing's going up against that and yes I know you can use the S Pen but the S Pen while it's excellent is not the Apple Pencil I don't care what you say yeah. it's not as they good they made a point of that I liked how they said well the S Pen doesn't need charging like a, yeah. like a competitors well you know if yeah. you charge if you charge the Apple Pencil it's a better device yeah it will that, that's that, that's that's a, a so I think it's a, I, day, I think it might be a challenge to tr- try and compete head to head with the Pro, but yeah. so be it. Because Samsung do have cheaper tablets, so maybe that's just their their argument. Is True. the Tab Pro Tab Tab S three is their Pro? The, the, the Galaxy the Galaxy Book though, they, they really sort of ramped home the fact that it's a the two in one laptop replacement. They had a couple of people at the launch who like one like a surfboard designer, globe trotting surfboard designer, and another dude who's a photographer, architect, designer. It could have just brought me and you out, mate. Exactly. We're globe trotting <laughs> gibbers. Well, some of us are, mate. Anyway, that's all oh. good. Oh, oh. But that's okay. that's three for three, that's Angus. Okay. No worries, that's all good. <laughs> you know, I'm flying to Vegas next week, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, next week. Yeah, on Thursday. On yeah, good on you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's all I've got to say, Trevor, about the Galaxy. Oh, he's shattered. Yeah. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Details, pricing at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. See the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The new... Hisense Series 7 is back with features consumers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is a result of internationally patented technology to bring the best out of its incredible LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR+, wide colour gamut, local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. 
The stylish ULED Series 7 opens Netflix up to 4K HDR, Stan, Freeview Plus and YouTube's all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier, thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in 50, 55, 65 and a massive 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Two-block sorting tech. We'll see. And just a couple of quick things before we get to the reviews. Um, do you know when we when we travel, we always use Vodafone roaming, but there is an issue. Although Vodafone has added another eight countries today, um, there is still a bunch of countries that aren't covered, and Korea was one of them. And I, if you haven't mentioned, um, I went to Korea this yes, week. Yes, I understand. Uh, yeah, I had no issue with the roaming because uh, I wasn't there. So okay. this week I, I um, about this Vegas trip too. I mate, don't know what's going so on. this week um, I took with me this little thing, which I'm showing you. It's a bloody bright orange, yeah. um, about the size of an it's iPhone, like but, mu- but much drive. but much like thicker. Yeah, a little bit drive. like a portable hard drive, right? Yeah. Um, it's dead. Battery's dead, but it powered on. There's a little right. tiny little tiny screen on it, right? Now there's a SIM card in it, and so you, there's two options: you buy this or you rent it. Okay. Now if you're just going somewhere and you just needed you know roaming data access, For a few days, yeah. you rent this ten dollars a day, unlimited data. Okay, that's it. $10 Done. a day. Finished. Unlimited, unlimited data. data. Now, there is... Well, um, you would have given that a hammering mate, over I was using 600 meg a day, basically. And, no. and, and that, that was... All? Well, what you know... Weren't you, you feeling well? <laughs> okay. So, you know, there. I think there is some some way it, it tapers off in speed, goes back to 3G and all that. Who gives so, a rat? Yeah, so what sort of speeds were you getting? Uh, when I was doing speed tests, I was getting 10 and 15. Uh, but here's the thing. I wasn't... Uh, even when you're travelling on 4G um, Vodafone roaming, you don't get great speeds. Absolutely. You get access. So I was able to... Turn, I, I had my airplane in air, my phone in airplane mode from Sydney back to Sydney. I didn't even turn it on to ever. But I had Wi-Fi on. So, mate, just turn this on in the customs queue, put it in my bag. A couple of minutes later, boof, everything comes through. Right. And, mate, I carried it around with me the whole way in my backpack. So it's, not too, and it's not too bulky to carry Five around. devices can connect to it. So a couple other people were using it at the same time. Okay. 10 Bucks a day. Coffee, now, if you if we were to you know buy this to, to keep, it's 170 or 190. I have to remember, but let's right. say 170 bucks. Let's say 190 is probably a better price. Okay. 190 bucks to buy outright, and then it then it's nine dollars a day. If you're at, if you've got an ABN, it's 250 to buy outright, but it's only seven dollars a day. Okay. And what you do is so when you're so, about so to travel, what's, you log what's, in. Okay. There's a SIM card in it. Card in it yeah. When you travel, you log into the website and you say, "I'm going to this country for these days," and you tick the boxes, and that activates it in that country. Oh. Now, yes, there are more elegant solutions or, or cheaper solutions if you're going to Europe. There's no roaming in Europe anymore, so you can get a SIM card in, in London and just travel all around the bloody yeah. Europe, right? But just getting the time to get a SIM card is often quite hard. Mate, this was simple, easy, before you go, it's done. So mm-hmm. I actually think it's a great little solution for people who are just about to go on a one- or two-week trip, want to have internet access some way, and yeah. just want to you know rent it for 10 bucks a day. So there was also, uh, where do we go, Reese? Oh, we went, uh, where were we? Uh, well, Abu Dhabi. Taipei, did that have... Uh, we no, never they had roaming, yeah. No, no, the, the Vodafone didn't work in Taipei, remember? Oh, we, yeah. uh, I don't think it did, because we had our own, they gave us a SIM card when we got there. That was another country that could have been used there too, yeah, Taipei. Exactly. It would have been perfect. Yeah. And we were together most of the time. We could just tether off yeah, each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well. So Emma from LG, who was with me pretty much the whole way, yep. just we were sitting on the bus or wherever yep. we were, bingo, working fine. So right. it actually, and do you know what it taught me? It taught me that I don't need my phone on. I just need data. Like so I was able to iMessage my family, even some of my contacts, just on my phone because I had Wi-Fi. Yeah, right. 
on my phone, yeah. I was able to use iMessage because oh. I had data. Cool. The amount of, amount of... Yeah, exactly. So the amount of stuff... That, and then you can just use Skype and WhatsApp for phone calls. Question. No, that's a, 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 they say, oh, look, I want to be overseas. I want to be able to contact my family. So, well, you don't really need the calls and texts. You need the data. The data can let you do all of that. Yeah. Skype, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skype, FaceTime, anyway, all of It's called Wi-Fi 2Go, the number two. Um, the links and stuff are up at eftm.com.au. Well, I think you would probably fall in this category, Trevor. Are you obsessed with your mobile? Don't know what you're talking about. You've always got your hand on it. I'm talking about about that earlier. about your mobile. (laughs) Well, there were some stats uh, that were uh, uh, brought by Yahoo 7 and Flurry. Have you heard of this company? Yeah, it's like a code code that developers embed in their apps to get analytics. Okay. And they they steal it all and make buddy reports out of it. They did a good job because uh, it's found that Australians are one of the most mobile-obsessed nations in the world. And they, they looked at the, the number of people we've got here. The number of devices that they were actually able to have create insights from, 29 million devices. What's the population? 24. Breaking news is only 24, 24 million, million people. So that just goes to show how many devices are here. But the big, the big news is that our use of and Just apps, to quantify that for people, you know, if 10 million people have a phone and a tablet, that's done. You know, yeah. so it doesn't take much to get that 29. Absolutely right. Uh, one of the findings showed that our app usage, though, and we're talking social media, shopping across the board, has grown year on year by 34%. And to put that in perspective, 11% was the global growth, you know, so we're three times the global growth. We're ahead of the game there. And uh, the other thing too is that it showed out there were, it showed that we're also moving from e-commerce to m-commerce. So shopping on our mobile, we're, that, that's gone up by 20% over the previous year as well. Uh, interestingly, there were a couple of interesting stats there. Did you know, this, this startled me, this fact, Australians age 55 and over use more gaming apps than users age 13 to 17? Words with friends. Candy Crush. But it's still... It's I'm st- telling you, that's, that's, what, that's what it is. That, don't you think? And the other thing that I've also found pretty interesting was the fact that women use more gaming apps than men. And Again, that men, mate. Candy Crush, have you seen it? Use more messaging apps than women. Yeah, to talk to their mistress. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, that's got to be what's going on, doesn't funny, it? Funny how you bring that up at the Four Seasons here, Trevor. You know exactly where to come. Thinking, what, how many other people have you met here, mate? Anyway, g'day, Amanda. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope the kids are well. Love you, babe. <laughs> but look, Thanks for listening for the first you, time. Can't wait mobile? to resolve this argument. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm in Vegas, yeah. are you mobile obsessed? I'm, I'm not asking you; I'm asking our listeners. Because yeah, the answer is obvious. Because we're we are like you, you look around and look, mate. Your kids aren't old enough to have phones yet. My kids are, although my two older kids probably not so much. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, is always on the. She's always at the phone in hand, always messaging and and. I say to her, I said, you know, if you look up a bit, you know, the sun's out and and things are happening around you. Is this something that we're seeing? You're such a pain in the ass, Father. What a, what a dad thing to say. Look up, the sun's shining. Shut up, Dad. That's not a very good imitation of me, by the way, right? I thought it was perfect. Take your, take your thoughts on that, people. Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag. Uh, fo- Are we mobile obsessed? That's the question, Trevor. Are you mobile obsessed? Would you call yourself mobile obsessed? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, two days I was away. I could have easily gone without a mobile. No way. Had to have it. Had to be working. We're, we're, so. just, we're just conditioned now to be constantly looking for that new, that latest email, latest message, latest post. How many people have liked my photo? How many people have 
put up other stuff? What are other people doing? I, I just worry about emails, mate. I don't know what all that stuff is you're talking about. You seem obsessed. <laughs> you seem to have a few things you're obsessed with, mate. Is there anything you want to talk about? Not at all, mate. You, you, or you mentioned before. How many likes did you get on your on your latest Instagram, mate? Did you get enough? No, I got a few. Yeah, I got a few. But that's not why I did it. You know, I, I just wanted to just... Mate, you didn't tag the venue. You wouldn't be I part did, of their story, mate. mate. I did my tag did you, the venue. The story? Are you in their story? Show, show did you really? Did you look at, the, look at my posts, mate? Not really very well. How closely? Oh, yeah, look at you tagging the Metro Theatre because you want to get part of the Metro <laughs> Theatre story that I taught you in England. <laughs> part of the Sydney story too, by the way, as well. But I always tagged venues, even before you even mentioned that. Before that was a thing, I was always tagging venues anyway. And now so it's a metric. If people are wondering what we're talking about, we're, we're talking about my Instagram stories that I shared from the amazing cut. And like, if you want to understand how to put one of those stories in perspective, think of the most boring book you've ever read. That's like a Stephen Fennick Instagram story. Excuse me. Is that is that how? So shall we should we talk about some of the stuff you've posted, mate? Do you want to talk about some of that as well? So for it, mate. Don't be, don't be. You know, the, there's a, a big glass house you're living in, mate. Don't be throwing stones, okay? That's what I'm saying. Don't be those big, those big boulders in your glass house. Your glass breaks so easily. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> I saw you. You looked at them anyway. Mate. You saw you looked. Mate, at I'm my here stories. for you, brother. I'm here to give I you that metrics, buddy. Too. I can look at yours as well, mate. I do. Stop talking about looking at my. They're the four seasons. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Right, a couple of quick reviews that won't be a minute because we just we should abandon that title. Luckily, we never had an intro made, really, isn't it? Because yeah. they never were a minute. Um, first one, the Nanoleaf Aurora. Oh, I love it. I've struggled to describe it on the radio, I'll be honest. I've tried to describe it as like a modern artwork, uh, a contemporary way of decorating your home, using light to decorate. You know, there's a million different ways to utilise it, but it is a really pretty thing. It is. Well, I describe it as a modular system. So you, you've got a, the, the, it's made up of, the starter kit has nine triangular panels. So you can then go nuts on your design and work out where in the house it's going to go, what sort of shape it's going to take. You can buy expansion packs of three panels in each of those packs. So it, it really gives you the option of being both the designer, the controller, the, the all, all expressing yourself with, with this with this sort of product, can display more than 16.9 million colours and is controlled using Siri, can be controlled using the app, creating all these various effects. And I, I find I've actually, I went and got even more on my, I reviewed it and thought, oh, I want more. I really like this. So got three more expansions. Well, yeah, what they cost, mate? Yeah, I paid for them. I, I, I talked to my man, Jeremy. I paid for the extras. And um, I, I really quite like the, 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 you can now have it bright enough to be the light in your room. You can have it low enough to be just an ambient light. I like the fact how you can set up different uh, mood lights. So if you want to be, so if there's one that says focused, if you want to sort of have, you, you need to sort of focus on what you're doing or if you want to have a, a, some colours to sort of be a bit more relaxing and all that sort of stuff. So it can really change the character of the room and, and, and they're really pretty to look at. I think. Yeah, it's look, like I mean, a, I had a bit yeah. of fun. I made mine uh, a theme that was the EFTM colours, you know, a blue, a green and an orange and... And then it kind of just rotates through those colours really nicely. I've put mine on the wall behind the Formula One car that I've got hanging there. And, um, and I've also just flicked it to white when I just want light in the room, but from behind me instead of using the down lights in the, in the man cave. And also just on the, the mood lighting, just a really nice, just set a, set a relaxed mood. And it just goes through some blues and some whites. It's really nice. Yeah, that does set the mood very nicely. It's in my office, though, so I don't know what sort of mood I'm going to get into my office. Just relax, mate. You're trying to write. Just am, bring absolutely. me into a relaxed no, well, zone. I do actually put it there. There's, a, there's one a Zen. There's a Zen effect, and there's another, I think, a be productive effect. Which so I so where'd I you go? The expansion pack along the wall, along the top of the, along the top here, across here. 
So it goes up up the corner and then across the wall. Yeah. Anyway, great product. Two ninety nine uh, for the nine starter kit, and then ninety nine dollars per, exp- per 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 three after that. Yeah. Great little product. Um, I just look if you've got an antique style home where you've got you know beautiful old things, it's not for you. But if you've got a modern design home and you don't have my wife because she'd never let it in the house, <laughs> it's I, I like it as a way of decorating home. And you know what's coming up though? They're going to have this what they call a rhythm module, so you'll be able to connect yes. this rhythm module, so it can change pace to your music. Yeah. And it's also going to have, uh, you know, the linkers that go between each panel. They're going to have a bendable linker. Yeah, so, so you, you go up the ceiling. Round corners or 3D off the wall and however you like. So uh, it's a sort of thing where being a modular system allows you to build on it and change it around. Although I don't know how the paint's going to go if I need to rip them off the wall. Yeah. Two-sided tape there, but uh, we'll, we'll cross, cross that, that bridge, bridge when we come to it. That's Two right. blokes talking tech. Now, Stephen, lastly, I will send a notebook, genuine paper, spiral-bound, and a pen. Breaking news, it's your favourite pen. It's the erasable pen. You know the one you write on and you turn it up? Pilot Friction. Um, you, yeah, that's correct. And you, you, you rub it out. Until I showed it to you. No, I didn't. So, a lot of things. Okay. Oh, good. What if, Dad? Um, the, uh, so, notebook looks normal, but it's got like dots all over the page, just like one centimetre apart, and a, and a black border around each page. And the idea is you, you can write through this book all you like, and then brilliantly in the, in the rocket, because it's called Rocket Book Wave, it's $45 for the book and the pen. How many pages in the book? 150. 150. Making <laughs> yeah, that up. I've just <laughs> pulled that is out it of my. Thick, thin, it's it a, it's, a, it's about a centimetre thick, right? So, okay. it's, it's like a normal notebook, like 150, right? 200. Oh, I just said 150. Okay. Mate, do you just not like me? Okay. What's doing? Anyway, so you write with the friction, or frankly, you write with any pen, and then you hold your Rocketbook app up to the page, and you you press scan, and it scans the page, and and it does it on any angle, so you don't have to be square on, and it squares it up, and there's these little little digitizes your page. Yeah, little boxes down the bottom of the page you can kind of put across through, and that one of them might be Dropbox, one of them might be email, it'll automatically do whatever you command straight away. So sound like Kramer doing. Yeah, I love it. Um, (laughs) Giddy up. So you you cross the little marker that you work with Dropbox, just a thin layer of gabardine between. Um, You're out there. I'm out there, baby, and loving every minute of it. Um, So you cross the little Dropbox thing, and when you scan it. Ooh. It goes straight off to Dropbox, right? Yeah. So you've written through the whole book using the Frixion pen. Yeah. You put it in the microwave. As you put you, as you do. As you I do, do that all the mate, time, mate. This is full on, right? <laughs> you've written through the whole book. It's covered in. You put a mug of water on it. You hit zap. Two and a half minutes later, it might be longer, longer, shorter. Don't know. Yeah. You take it out. It's bloody empty. So it's erased. Inside. Erased. Wow, it's like Back to the Future. It's erased. Wow. I'm, just, I'm not. It's magic. So every single page inside, yep. even the ones tucked inside tightly inside yep. the book. So the idea is you put it in, then you turn it over for another thirty seconds or something. But basically, there's there's a what there is on the so front you cover. You literally got to cook the books. On, on the <laughs> <laughs> Is that on, right? on the front cover, there's a little the, the logo of the Rocket Book Wave, yeah. And shut up. And and, <laughs> and when it's done, the, the the logo disappears. So you just look in and see when it's disappeared. Then you turn it over, and if the logo hasn't disappeared, you do it again. Wow. It took me two and a half minutes. Where do you buy this sorcery from? Well, mate? there's a. a th- I think it might be digitalnotebook.com.au, but the link's on my website, okay. eftm.com.au. Mate, okay, you prepared for this minute review, mate. 40, oh, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> freeballing it, mate. <laughs> Hopefully not literally, folks. <laughs> We're at the four seasons. Um, <laughs> you started it. Rocket book wave, yep. genuine magic, and really good for people okay. who actually love taking, like, taking so notes but want to digitise them. come across this, Trevor? Did you discover um, it a good one, Just a great contact of mine, mate. You know how it is yeah. when you're in the game for a while, mate. You get, you get contacts. Is so that right? Good is that right? Oh, yeah. You've never... 
oh, what, I've not been in the game for a while? I've been smashing this for 10 years. Okay. Give a bike a break. Okay, been a bit longer than you, that's good. Oh, sorry, I didn't know it was a competition. No, it's not a competition, I'm just making a comment. Did you go to Korea this week? I did not. Okay, no. cheers. And it's not a sore point at all. Not, <laughs> not, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> at all. It's all good. Rocketbook Wave. It's, uh, yeah, the link is up at eftm.com. 45 bucks for a reusable for a notebook. notebook. So what's it's, a notebook? it's a crap what's price a for a notebook, right? What's it might be $10, notebook? right? You notebook. get four uses yeah. out of it. You paid for itself. But but the app is what makes it really actually brilliant because of the scanning. I'd buy it just to see the look on people's faces when I was start, start to cook my notebook in the microwave. Mate, just just get, the, I'm just what gonna, did your wife say when you put it in the microwave? She said, what she, the hell are you doing, Trevor? What are you doing? Because Jackson and I were standing there looking at it. She goes, what the hell are you doing? Microwaving the book. I didn't think of the Cooking the books again. Yeah, cooking the books, mate. Come to me if you need some headline examples, all right? I'm happy to help you out, mate. I can't afford you, mate. Your per word weight for headlines is like a million dollars. Me. Come over to me. We'll oh, look after you. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Details at eftm.com.au. Another solid value program here, Stephen, um, which does mean I'm not going to get home in time to take the soccer kit to soccer, but so goes life. Are you going to be in trouble now, mate? Probably. That was what my wife in was trouble? texting me during the show. Really? But that's, let's be honest, her fault um, for not really? leaving the soccer kit out. Uh, or asking me to do it earlier. Okay. So, um, Don't be your doodle wonder on the show, mate. Just keep that in-house, all that stuff, mate. <laughs> well, it's only me, you and Jackson. Okay. Jackson will hey, probably Jackson. dob. Hey, Jackson. He's probably going to dob, do you reckon? Well, tell him, mate, solid people don't dob. You know? Pick you and know? stick, Jacko. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Teach him those values. All right, we'll be back again next week on Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 309. Uh, thanks to the good people at Hisense and Netgear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Right, jump over to iTunes, leave a rating for us, because you know, it, just, it just feeds our ego. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.